AI Mentors is brought to you by Aulis International, covering your business's staffing, consulting and networking needs. Our podcast, AI Mentors, brings you the leading minds in AI, sharing their story, their success and their advice. Focusing on fast-tracking you to the top, AI Mentors cuts through the hype to help you kickstart your data science career. You're listening to AI Mentors. I'm your host, JP Valentine. Our guest today is Einil Huda. Einil is the Vice President of Analytics, Marketing and Audience Development at Condé Nast. Einil, welcome to the show. Great to be here, John. Great. So uh, please start, just give us a, a little bit of background of yourself, your journey, what got you involved in technology, some of the interests and roles that you've held along the way, up until your, your current role here in, in Condé Nast. I started my career as a business intelligence engineer, or as you, or you can even call it data engineer, right out of my undergrad. I worked for three to three and a half years across a varied industry, uh, worked in India, worked in London. Then I came to the U.S. from my business school, and a lot of my motivation was based on that I wanted to get more on the business side. And post my MBA, I was hired by AOL, which right now is Verizon Media Group, as a marketing analytics person to help them understand how to acquire consumers across marketing channels, across business development, joint ventures, M&A, and so on, and be efficient about their dollars to acquiring consumers and retaining them. It was a very interesting journey where uh, we, we gave tight recommendation and very strong recommendation to our executive teams in driving strategies. And with some of our early successes, that we saw um, on how to operationalize the budgets, I also ended up actually running the whole group in terms of uh, in terms of performance marketing. So it was an amazing experience to go from an analytics background to actually running a performance marketing a marketing group. And the interesting part was how do we use data and information to drive business decision making in identifying opportunities in, into our product portfolio where to invest, how to invest, and with whom to invest. So I really enjoyed running this marketing group. I really enjoyed building partnerships and how to use data and analytics to be very smart about whom to whom to partner with, why should we partner with them, and, and at what price points. I was, AOL, I was at AOL for nearly six years, and after that I joined WeWork to run their centralized data and analytics team. So it was an amazing experience in uh, building a smart, talented group across business intelligence, analytics across marketing, sales, product. When I mean product, I both mean digital product and also the physical product, and 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 so and so forth, and and also across various community groups. Like how do we how do we increase the interaction between each and every member of WeWork, which leads to better fulfillment for them, success for them, better connection. After a year, after a year and a half or so, uh, I joined Condé Nast, and within Condé Nast, I have this really interesting role and pretty amazing um, intersection between strategy, marketing, and analytics, where I run a pretty massive team where I'm on point to drive content pre-planning and content pivots. And then when content gets created, how do you distribute across all the major platform and how to figure out monetization opportunity? And we do that with a very data-driven lens. And outside of that, I also run centralized analytics, which are brand agnostic functions like consumer marketing, product analytics, affiliate analytics, and so on and so forth. So yeah, so it's an amazing role where I really enjoy fusing both insights and the business components 
Well, thank you for that. It's quite an interesting journey from data engineering into um, business intelligence, business impact, and now your current role here. Um, to, to give listeners an idea of, of scale and, and the sheer uh, complexity of your role, could you talk a little bit about the, the organizational structure of Condé Nast and how your role directly impacts every avenue of, of the business? Sure, absolutely. I mean, as of now, content is, is going through a massive globalization effort. So I'll try to focus more on what we have done more on the U.S. side. Yeah. So on the U.S. side, to like to simplify, think about our business into four to five different components. One big component is we create the best content, and once and that is itself is a very complex operation. If you can think about brands such as the New York or the Vogue and glamour, wired, and so on and so forth. Each of them have their own nuance and own complexity. So there is a big content content creation bucket. Once content gets created, uh, you, you have to think about direct-to-consumer models or how do we monetize them through direct-to-consumer models like the New Yorker, Wired, or, or Vanity Fair. And to do that, you have to build an amazing uh, product, like how to reach a consumer. So we have this amazing product team that does an amazing job to... Uh, to build in best-in-class product experiences. And then finally, we have this massive inventory and massive capacity of consumers. How do we monetize them for even ad sales? So we have a very strong ads team, uh, ad sales team, that really finds a good way to take this story to our advertisers and, uh, and help monetize that. So in this ecosystem, my team plays a very strong connector role. And and I and I emphasize on the word connector because that's what I see a big part of our role is. So we sit uh, in a very interesting place where majority of my team. So I run a team of uh, nearly seventy to eighty people, where majority of my team are embedded into in each of the brands. And within each brand, I run three functions: I run the analytics, I run their audience development, and I run the social media teams. So at the end of the day, my team is helping making the editorial team more data-driven, creating a more uh, strong data culture, and what content to create, what content not to create, what content to focus, while still keeping the editorial voice intact. So it's a combination of fusing creativity and the science and, and, and making sure the outcome is great. And once content is created, my teams make sure that we are looking into each and every distribution platforms, be it SEO, be it newsletter, be it social platforms. When I mean social, I mean with Instagram, with Facebook, being Twitter, and so on and so forth. And then how do we balance out our distribution strategies, making sure that we're not over-indexed on one platform? And, and when we do that, we allow the company to create strong direct-to-consumer models, like an example like the New Yorker, where we pay for the content, and also making sure that we increase our audience growth, allowing our sales team to making sure that they can tell a story to advertisers about our audience growth and their engagement. So that's majority of my team's focus and where this is how it uh, is very embedded within the business. And then separately, my team is also on point to help inform the digital product team, what, what product we should be building, what product, how do we measure the success? and so on and so forth. So similarly, the product, with consumer marketing, it's, an, uh, it's a very important function in driving the success for the company. Yeah, it clearly, it, it's from hearing you give that overview, it, it's obvious that analytics and data is at the core of every decision that's being made uh, in, within Condé Nast across all brands at all levels. So it's uh, quite a story. Um, your role is clearly very complex. 
what do you love about your job? What what gets you excited uh, about your current right. role? So the challenge, the challenges of my role is also the things that I love about my role. Okay. Right. So I think I really enjoy the variety of problems that I can solve. I love the fact that I work with very smart people to solve this variety of problems. And again, it's going back to what I mentioned earlier. Is 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 one of the very few times in my career where I have really led a team which is both people with creative geniuses and people with strong technical and data background and strategy and mixing them together. And if you think about, if you take a step back, Contentness is a very portfolio, it's a, it's a portfolio company having these amazing brands, but each of these brands are very different, not in just their tone and voice and how they even operate. So on Monday, while I'm focusing on a problem that's more specific to the New Yorker in driving the subscriptions, is very different what I'm doing on Tuesday, maybe with a brand like Allure, where the focus could be on e-commerce. And then Wednesday, it could be a brand like, uh, let's say, Wired, where I'm thinking about a combination of e-commerce, subscription, and also thinking about the social media strategy. So it's this variety of problems that gets me excited. And to know that we are, we are driving the business with a very strong data-driven lens. So that to me is like, you know, is something that I really enjoy. Yeah. Um, the obvious follow-up question then is given you've got to work with so many different brands, each of them quite unique, and you're, you're also managing a, a pretty extensive team. Right. How do you make sure that you gain the confidence of the different stakeholders in the various teams so that they see the value in the, the data analytics that you're offering and, and helping them you know, make their decisions based on the information you're providing? That's, that's such an important question. A lot of my time, you'll be surprised, is, is actually goes into people management and stakeholder management. And it always starts with two, on two fundamental things. is to one, that the stakeholders understand that we are in this together. And second, being, being very clear about what the goals of the teams are and not only defining what success looks like for your own team, but making sure those get communicated to the stakeholders so that they understand that I'm out here to create not independence, but the right interdependence. That we are, that we have a balanced team to turbocharging each other's growth. And, and to able to communicate those goals very clearly and then showing the how, how would we even get there, right? So I think able to show the stakeholders that the path to success has been very critical for me and my team and to making sure that we're communicating very often how we are executing against those plans. And, and, and one thing that I found really successful because we have my, because I have my embedded teams in each and every brands and every function, that they feel, they feel invested in success of the team, right? I would, of, I would often involve my stakeholders in the hiring process. I will not, I'll just not go hire somebody and assign them to a brand and make sure the brand uh, brand folks themselves are part of the hiring process that they're vested. Like to me, making sure those things comes together, uh, it leads to good outcome. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think you raised some important points that I want to follow up on. You talked about uh, communication and people management, and I think that's where um, junior data analysts and interns can often struggle. So what advice do you give to uh, people starting off that will help them uh, throughout this journey in making that transition from academia to industry, the importance of people management and communication, which is not focused on as much in academia. 
Definitely. What I think is very important to make sure your core your core skills are correct, your core skills are strong, your core skills are uh, right, is equally important to understand what the larger goals are. Like it's, it's, it's important to understand what the success looks like for the company, for the brand or for the business and how can you align your own function and your own goals against that. So my, my often guidance is start with the end in mind and then reverse engineer what you're doing day in and day out. That is, itself gives you a good path, that itself gives you a strong roadmap how to achieve success and for yourself and for your stakeholders. Uh, and and communication is key. I mean, that's something that I had to learn even throughout my own career, uh, through both successes and failures. And and I now looking back uh, throughout my career, times when I fail is because I have I didn't communicate well my intention and what I was doing. And time and times that I've done well is when I've done those communications well. Really important point, and I think it can't be understated enough. Just the communication will help people navigate this industry. Um, talking about then building a team, you've you've clearly built several teams in different organizations. So uh, if there's a, a analytics manager or a junior manager who has the responsibility of hiring, how how did you go about building uh, the ideal data analytics team? What does it look like, and what are the process you go through to to ensure you're you're setting up a, a successful team? Sure. I was start off saying that there's no one right answer. It what I would say it really depends on what stage of the business your company is in. What is the business maturity curve? So let's say if you're a startup, most likely you'll have limited resources, and most likely you'll you'll need to make sure your resources should be able to wear multiple hats. So let me translate that. So if you uh, right now in the analytics and data spectrum, there are data engineers who ingest all the information and houses them. You have business intelligence people who make sure that they have the tool to sit on those data infrastructure to visualize the information for the business. Then you have the analytics group who takes this information, integrates it, and provides a recommendation what to do, what to do as it relates to the business. Now, in many cases, if you go to various companies, they will be all sitting together because they're just starting out. But you have to recognize as a leader, as your company transform, does the structure support your business growth? So case in point, when I was at WeWork, we started with a centralized data and analytics team. And by the time I had left, we made sure we had, we had analysts dedicated to specific functions. So we, we were just not hiring smart data people. We were hiring smart data people who were also subject matter experts in that function. So in this case, if I want to hire an analyst to support product decision, I want to hire a product analytics person who has done this before. If I want to hire somebody on marketing, I want to hire a marketing analytics person to drive marketing decisions. Taking that same approach, if you think about Condé Nast, we hire very smart analysts across all our brands and all our functions. So somebody who wants to be with the New Yorker as an analyst, most likely will need some experience in a subscription business. So if you're just an analyst who's thinking about, I want to grow our audiences and engage them, that's great. But what I'm looking for at this point, have you actually worked in a business, how to convert them into a paying customer? 
So, which could be very different if I'm thinking about, and let's say for an analyst who is working on a different brand, is focusing more on engagement, maybe video. So, I, so it's a combination of the skill set of an analyst, but also subjectivated expertise or familiarity into those areas. Makes sense. Leads me to my next question. Then, can you, can you speak about the, the the pros and cons of being industry and domain experts? We we see a lot of people move across industries and do it very successfully. You're a good example of that. But then we see individuals who stay focused on a particular vertical yeah. and become absolute experts. So as somebody who's been able to cross industries, could you speak a little bit about the, the, the pros and cons of doing so? Totally. Uh, I can, uh, let's start with the pros, right? I think working across industry gives you different perspectives, right? And we are seeing that, we're seeing this, uh, the benefits of it, even in the media and publishing industry. For a long time, we know majority of the media companies focus their monetization strategy on ad sales, which meant that as long as you have the as long as you have the right audience size and they're engaging, you'll find people, you'll find advertisers to put to pay premium dollars. As the industry is evolving, there's a strong desire across various top brands to move into a direct-to-consumer model. How do we monetize directly from customers? But that's not something that this industry has done for a long time. So now, for someone who has worked in industry that has built a subscription models, it becomes increasingly valuable. So to me, those, uh, those transferable domain knowledge and, and how do you apply those best practices across industry could be super critical. Similarly, um, people who uh, like there are certain best practices that is very prevalent in one industry, but may not be as prevalent in another industry. One thing I often talk about that in the media space, we play the acquisition game well, but we don't play the retention game as well. If that's true, that somebody has worked in a different industry where they play the retention game very well, they can come in and provide those best practices and how do you apply in this new industry? So, so that's some of the pros. And, and I always like a very balanced and new views. And that's the best way to make sure that industries innovate. The cons are that sometimes you don't know enough, right? Like, and that's especially true in industry which could be incredibly, incredibly complex. So let's say I have some familiarity with the medical industry or the pharma industry. And I, I have friends and I have mentors who have gone there. And, and when I go and talk to them, and they at times they do find it difficult saying that we move from one industry and now we're in a tough industry like pharma, which is an incredibly complex industry in the US. So sometimes it could be the shallow knowledge in certain areas that could be difficult and, and the learning curve could be steep. So I think it's a balance and to see where it is beneficial, how to apply. And in some cases, like, like you just have to be true to yourself. It doesn't make sense going out there. Switching direction slightly, I wanna, I wanna spend a bit of time talking about how you built your various teams um, to, to give some advice to people who uh, are looking to, to move into their next function and how can they present the best version of themselves. So what advice would you give to 
data analysts, data scientists, data engineers to be as effective as possible in an interview? How can they improve sure. their interview skills and really work on it as a skill like anything else? Right. So for a lot of analysts and data scientists, generally the interviews will be technical and also non-technical. So while I think probably I would expect them to know their core role well, know their the core skill set and all the technical jazz, it's also very important that something even I had to learn myself, how do you take this information and translate them into something simple? How do you communicate? Like, so you can run a very complex model, but if at the end of the day, your model focuses on how to reduce churn, say the word churn. S similarly, you should be able to communicate those terminologies to somebody who may not be as technical. And a lot of hiring managers focus on that. Like, can this person take a very complex problem, break it down, and the synthesize, and then able to communicate from a business terminology perspective. That's one. Second, research the company you're interviewing like nobody's business. That nothing gets me more excited and motivated when somebody comes in and they tell me, I know your business very well. And to me, there are people who have done well because they've taken the time to understand what the company is about, what is the problem the company is trying to solve for? And from their understanding, how do they fit in? That itself gives them a leg up against all the competitors because now they can say, not only I am the smartest and the greatest, I actually know what problems I, you may be solving for. And this is how I think I would be doing that. So, so whoever can combine that, I think, they, I think they immediately have advantage of some of the competitors. And if you think about it, it's just they are, they are bringing two or three functions, two, two or three attributes together. There's somebody who are proactive, there's somebody who are smart, somebody who has uh, energy to go and like think about the go this extra mile, and and then who's extreme and somebody who is extremely passionate. Makes absolute sense. It seems so simple, but yeah, a lot of people just don't do it, uh, and they're really shooting themselves in the foot. Keep keeping keeping on interviews. Uh, we're almost done. One or two questions left, but let's say a candidate comes in, sits down to interview with you today. What are your favorite questions? What What are your go to questions that will help understand the individual who's who's in the room looking for a job on your team? Uh, so 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 please keep in mind also because I have such a varied team. I have got people like from on social media and digital marketing and all, uh, analytics. But let's say we focus more analytics out here. I think I think I, I always I always spend some time trying to understand the story, right? Like, what motivates somebody? That like why did you? Why are you here? And what are the reasons behind it? And then what motivates them for the next step? So I think whoever can give me a very clean story and like what what they're passionate about and how that's been weaved into their uh, day to day, I think that's something that's very interesting. Next thing I try to understand, are people aware of the both the strengths and weaknesses? Um, I'd like to give them some case studies on spot, which I don't think that I should be saying out here exactly, but I, I do give them case studies, which maybe, and what I'm looking for is not exactly the numerical answer, but what is the problem solving capabilities, right? And, and, and it generally, it has to do with a business. It could be saying that, fine, like, you know, I have a, I have, I'm opening up a new store, right? How would you think of profitability of the new store if you if I give you some investment as an example? 
right? Uh, so case studies are something that I like to see how people uh, approach a problem. And then uh, finally, I like to ask them like, you know, about their projects that they're proud about. And generally, once they say, once they highlight that, that's when I start to probe deeper, just to understand, like, did they understand in the first place what problem they're solving for? And was there a different way to address that? Some really useful information here for anyone who ends up interviewing with you in the future. Let's hope they do their research and listen to this podcast because it will certainly help them. Listen, I know this has been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much for having me. Get the Aldous Advantage. Become a member of the Aldous community and enjoy some of the following. AI meetups. Once a month, our community gathers to listen to some of the leading experts in the world of data science and AI. Our speakers come from all over the world, including Dublin, Boston and Frankfurt. We also have our AI mentors. Our experts will provide mentoring to all us members. And don't forget our AI in Action podcast. Each week, we have guests from all over the world talking us through their education, career and more. Become an Aldous member and get the Aldous advantage. For more information and to sign up for our newsletter, log on to www.aldous.com. That's www.aldous.com. Aldous International, empowering through AI.